G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Realfaith.org.au I remember one night with a little bag and I hadn't showered in like a week and a half or something because I had nowhere to go. And I basically, um, I yelled at the sky. I don't remember yelling. It wasn't nice either, <laughs> but I spoke out. But I, I basically said and challenged God and I said, if you're real, then help me and get me out of this mess. Why won't you help me? How could you let me get to this point? You know, how could you let me get here? I'm, I'm dead, you know. Welcome to Real Faith, conversations about the impact faith has on our lives and the challenges we go through, helping us today and giving us hope for tomorrow. That's real people, real life and real faith with Eric Scadabo. Well, today we have part two of our conversation with Joseph Byro. He's the ex-lead singer of the Melbourne hard rock band Super Heist. And as we heard last time, Super Heist was Joseph's favorite band. And through a series of events, he became their lead singer. So he pretty much thought that this was his dream come true. But unfortunately, that dream became somewhat of a nightmare when it all came crashing down. He thought that he could fill up the void, the emptiness in his heart with drugs and the rock and roll party lifestyle. But unfortunately, it only led to heartache and misery. And so he went from the highest of heights to the lowest of lows. And then at his lowest point, he finally called out to God for help. Now here's more of Joseph Byro sharing his story. I didn't want to leave. I was seriously wanted to take my life. I would rather have been dead than going through what I was going through. Mm. You know, the delusions and the people and the manipulation and the game, which is what people call it, was just out of control. You know, there was guns, there was lots of money, there was chemicals, there was um, people going missing. You know, this is the lifestyle that I'd come into, you know. Um, My choices had literally started to define me Mm. um, in a way that death was looking pretty pretty good mm. you know to escape. I mean, that's yeah that's how twisted your thinking had become mm. how did god finally enter so um so that cry out mm. um that challenge yeah um he definitely not, not very respectful but you're a call out to god nonetheless <laughs> definitely he, not. he understands i believe yeah he does he's got big shoulders <laughs> yeah you know? yeah um so i went to a, a detox uh, we had a plan for detox which has been my third attempt at detoxing and staying well so i went in to get assessed and uh the lady said to me look um we can only get you into a detox if you follow up with a rehab so there's no point doing detox um we're starting to find people doing detox and they're not going on to rehab so you just can't use this place as a holiday camp Mm -hmm. Uh, we want to see people succeed which Mm -hmm. is good yeah so she said, oh, I've got this place, it's a six-month wait. I rang, six-month wait. This place, it's a four-month wait. This mm. place, it's a three-month wait. And I'm like, I'm going to die. Like, if I keep using, I'm going to die. Like, mm. I still now struggle with my jaw clenching. I've been clean five years. Mm. I still now struggle with that. I still struggle sleeping. Mm. Not just one night, every night. You know, I've done damage, mm. you know. And um, so, basically... She said, there is one place, it's a Christian place. And she looked at me like, 
shaking her head like, you're not interested in that, are you? You know, <laughs> I know and, you're not interested in this, but there is this Christian place. <laughs> is that kind of what it was? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, so there's no medication, no smoking, and, the, and it's a working re- rehabilitation. It's pretty strict. And, and I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I really don't care what I have to do. I'm going to do it. Let's, let's do it. You know? Mm-hmm. So she said, okay, well, I'll ring you when we've got a bed, you know? So I contacted Pastor Lewis, who's the director of Rima Australia, and he came to the detox to visit me, and I had an interview with him, and he saw something in me that he could work with. So I got a bed, and I began my journey, you know, um, right there. Um, what, do, what do you think he saw in you? Brokenness. Yeah, someone who's desperate. But uh, yet, he obviously thought you were worth investing time in, and there was something there. Yeah. He saw something in me that I definitely didn't see. I guess he saw the hope that he knew was out there that I didn't know about mm. at that time. Okay, so then next thing you know, you're in this Christian rehab. Yeah. How did that go for you? Oh, man, it was... Pretty tough? It was tough. Yeah, it was tough. But, you know, I needed it. Mm-hmm. I needed it, Eric. I really needed it. I needed structure. Mm-hmm. I needed to wake up in the morning and I needed to do different things because for so long I've been doing the same thing and I'd stuck in this rut mm-hmm. of I'm hopeless because I, I, I was stuck in this rut of hopelessness mm-hmm. uh, pattern of mm-hmm. just bad decisions. You know? And this addiction that was so strong, holding so strong onto me that I wanted gone, but I, I couldn't shake it off, you know? So it was hard. No smoking, difficult. So through the program, I snuck cigarettes in, <laughs> you know, I still smoked. rebellious. <laughs> I was still rebellious, yeah. you know, and and I still am some days. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Um, not, I'm not perfect, and, and no one is. And the the most profound thing I, I, I'll never forget this. Um, the first time I heard someone preach the gospel, my ears pricked up like antennas. Man, <laughs> you had never heard that before. No, no, not like this. Hmm. Not like this, and. Something was different this time. I was just, I was all ears, you know, and my soul was awakened, you know, and as soon as I heard the gospel, as soon as I heard someone preach Jesus with passion and with brokenness, I was able to say, hey, this guy's a Christian, he's so happy, but I just saw brokenness in him, you know, wow, I just... There's brokenness there, you know, and I was just like, oh. how is he broken? Like, was he talking about his past, or what do you mean he there was brokenness in him? I could I could just see it, you know. I could see that he'd had an emptiness before, and that what he was talking about had somehow been the answer to his brokenness. To his brokenness, mm-hmm. and I don't even I can't even explain it right mm-hmm. now properly. But well, I, I have heard somebody say, "Never stray too far from your own brokenness." Yeah. Because yeah. that's how you stay humble mm. and grateful. That's exactly it. That's if I could put it. And it seems like it. you saw that in him. Yeah. He, he he was well aware of his own mm. human frailty and failings. Yeah, definitely. He was a very humble guy and, and um he's a loving guy. He was a missionary, ex heroin addict, ex crack addict. Um all these guys at Remar were ex drug addicts, you know. So they they were down the path. Yeah, they all been they there. Knew. Every one of them. So yeah. I had four guys around me. They were Spanish and Portuguese, and they were tough, man. They were tough. So I was like, 
or everything inside me, Eric was just bubbling. <laughs> and I just wanted to, I wanted to snap, you know, at these guys, and I wanted to throw down the towel and quit and run away like I always did before mm-hmm. and took the easy way out like I always did before mm-hmm. and my character was was always horrible you see so I had no integrity my yes would never be a yes mm. and all of a sudden I started to get through this the word of God and and through starting to read it myself and listening to um, the ministry of the word of God was starting to just it was starting to grab me you know and this Jesus um, I just wanted to know him a bit more you know, I seem to know everyone else, you know, quite well. But this Jesus, I didn't know, mm. you know. And someone gave me a scripture that, that, that in Ephesians 6 speaks about we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And when I read that, it's like Jesus came and said, I'm going to show you that you're the problem. I'm going to show you how you caused the problem. <laughs> and I'm going to show you how to get out and become the solution. And I'm going to be the king. Hmm. of your life and I'm going to coach you and I, I found hope I found hope man for the first time in so long yeah yeah I found hope and then what was the next step on your journey so when I came to Rima, um, all my musical instruments that I'd gathered over time had all been stolen from me or I'd hocked them. Um, and my, my dad and brother chucked in and buy me an acoustic, you know. And when I was in detox, I would play that. And my idea of healing would be that I would go to rehab on a farm in a picturesque place. And that my guitar would be my God and that it would uh, I would write beautiful music to inspire humanity. <laughs> and um, when I got to Rima, they took it from me, that guitar, you know. And I was so gutted, you know. Mm. <laughs> and Why did they take it from you? So they took it off me to see where I was at with mm. um, obedience and mm. submission. That was a test. It was a test to see whether I was seriously ready to do it another way or do it my way. Mm. And praise God, I gave it over, struggled to give it over, but I gave it over. Then how how it all became, I guess, deeper, this faith thing became real, was when I got my guitar given back to me, the condition was that I would learn Christian songs. Oh. <laughs> and the songs that I... But were you a Christian yet? Um, I was hanging around the, the cusp, you know. Okay. I knew... Uh, some scriptures. You were at the edge of the shore, but you didn't jump in. Yeah, man. I had. Yeah, I was like, uh, I was like knee deep. You know, maybe okay. even ankle deep. Who knows? Okay, somewhere in the water, but yeah, not over your head. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, when you go into the beach and, and you don't want to go to a certain depth because it's really yeah. cold. Yeah, yeah, probably that depth. I don't know. <laughs> maybe a few toes in the water. We'll say that. <laughs> oh, but yeah. getting closer. But getting closer. So I remember learning. Well, what caused you to dive in? Um, the word came alive to me. I, I, I remember Pastor Lewis preached a word and he said, the greatest prayer, and God will always answer it, is, Lord, have mercy on me. So I remember writing, I, I, every single time someone would share the word, I would write notes. I was journaling. I was expressing stuff. I was, I was, I found this new joy, you know, um, and I went back to my room that night, I remember specifically, and I prayed that prayer, you know, Lord, have mercy on me, you know. And I 
for such the first time in such a long time, I cried and I cried mm. and I cried and I cried and I cried. And I remember the flashbacks of everything that I'd done. Everything that I'd done came. The way I was to my mother, the way I was to my family, the way I was to beautiful people that love me and cherish me and help me through life, the way I, I spat in their face, the way I betrayed people, the way I contributed to people's pain, everything flashed before me, you know. My grandparents' death, the whole lot, and my condition at that time was horrible. And then I remember hearing these words, you're forgiven, and I cried, and I cried, mm. and I cried, and I cried, and I just kept, I just continued to do that, mm. uh, I reckon, for honestly, for an hour, you know, and I fell asleep, um, crying. Our guest today is once again Joseph Byro, the former lead singer of the Melbourne hard rock band Super Heist. And as we just heard, he finally broke down and surrendered his life to the Lord. Next, we're going to find out the exciting things that God is doing in his life, how he's using his musical background and his experience going through drug rehab, how he's using all of that for the glory of God these days. We'll find out how when we return right here on Real Faith. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. You're listening to Real Faith, conversations with real people about how God works in their lives. If you want to know more about integrating faith into your life, our website is realfaith.org.au. Just go to the website and you'll find helpful articles about the impact faith can have on your life. Once again, that's realfaith.org.au. Welcome back. I'm Eric Scadabo, and once again, our guest is Joseph Byro, the ex-lead singer of the Melbourne hard rock band Super Heist. He's sharing his story. We just heard before the break how he surrendered his life to the Lord while at a drug rehab center. Now we're going to find out the exciting things that are happening in his life since that point. The Holy Spirit was teaching me so fast, mm. and the leaders began to see that I'd been given a gift, you know. Wow, um, so you just took to, you'd read it and you were able to turn around and teach it? Um, the word in about six months of me being in the program uh, they asked me if I would share in the mornings one morning um, for half an hour in the morning at our devotional time to which I said yes because I was getting heaps of stuff I'd written pages and pages what I now call illumination of the word of God you know and uh, I was getting this just this light bulb moments were coming on and I was just mm-hmm. like wow, wow And so the Holy Spirit is just pouring onto your heart and to your soul Big time, yeah, huge, in a huge way. Mm. And, you know, and, and then the guitar came back and then um, the worship team started getting an understanding that I had a gift of music. Hey, this guy used to be in this group super host. <laughs> <laughs> and then actually made one of the guys go, there's no way he's coming in the worship team because oh, he's, right? he's a rock star attitude, you know. <laughs> yeah, ego, we don't need that guy. <laughs> yeah, man. The ego get in the way, you know, and... um. I think he's been a bit broken since then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, so I began getting responsibility at that place. Um, I'd gone home after three months on my first home visit. Um, I didn't go and use. 
I came back. I was hungry to go back, hungry to learn more. I was excited about Jesus. I was telling my family about Jesus, to which they were not listening to one single word because <laughs> here I am like this rifled, you know, addict with rage and then now I'm talking about Jesus and now I'm you know starting to preach the word to my family at home and they're just like I'm not buying this you know not yet <laughs> so, so they, they needed to see a little bit of time before they would yeah definitely. they want to make sure that you had really changed yeah that's right so um, I guess long story short now to sort of just wrap it up in a nutshell um, so I became um, a teacher there then I got Nights, so an hour teaching at night, eventually. So in, was, a, in a sense, you graduated from the rehab. Yeah. So you were clean yeah. by that point. Yeah. I was clean by that point. Um, I was teaching Tuesday night, uh, once a fortnight, every Tuesday night. Teaching the Bible. Teaching the Bible. And it was amazing. Like, uh, it's like it was, wasn't even me speaking. It was incredible, you know? And You just I, felt the Holy Spirit was speaking through you? Is that what yeah. you're getting at? Yeah. One of the one of the t- teachers, Juan Carlos, came to me and he said, "Brother, you need to go to your room and put your face on the ground and humble yourself and thank God for the gift He's given you." Because a lot of these guys here, um, there's stuff going on in the spiritual, and they're upset with you because of. Oh, you were convicting people. Yeah, they're upset with you, you know. And I just thought, okay, um, God didn't understand really what He meant then, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and I was also. By that stage, leading the worship team. So I was in the worship team. Oh, wow. Leading the worship team. Um, and Which is kind of ironic since when you were a rock star, you didn't barely know how to play the guitar. <laughs> I didn't. No, I didn't. I, I didn't. Uh, through my addiction, I picked up little bits and pieces, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so I was leading the worship team. I completed 23 months. Um, and, and Jeff Marsh, by the way, says yeah. you're really good at it. Yeah, um, it's just a, it's a blessing, you know, and a privilege to be called a worship leader is just so it's massive and so music is back in your life it is yeah it is but this time in a special more positive way a healthy way yeah oh definitely definitely so um it's i've been writing very recently i've got a few songs that i've compiled through the, the scriptures and um yeah i'm excited about sharing that with a group of people that I'm yet to know mm-hmm. um, in the future. But yeah, I mean, the the way Remar ended was I spent 23 months in the program. I spent seven months outside Remar after I left Remar. All clean time, never used again. Mm-hmm. Still haven't used since the first day I went there. Mm-hmm. Um, did mental health and alcohol and other drugs certificate for, um, went back to Remar, got ordained as a, as a deacon. Mm-hmm. Um, or as a co-pastor, whatever you want to call it, and oh great, then spent two and a half years there teaching, leading the the rehab under pastor laws. Wow, fantastic! Yeah, kicking yeah. goals. Well, yeah, kicking goals for kicking costs for Christ. You know? <laughs> yeah, and then uh, our recent guest Jeff Marsh yeah. somehow entered your life as well. Yeah, so yeah, he he did. Um, I'd known Jeff for. Three years. We'd mm-hmm. met at a place called uh, Cafe Care uh, uh, in Clayton, and we we just clicked straight away. You know, mm-hmm. there was a, a boldness that he had that I saw that I wanted. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to be alongside him because he wasn't a man pleaser. He spoke convicting words, and I know a lot of people were offended when he spoke, and I was just like, I like offended this guy. Offended in a good way. You like yeah, this guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like this guy. He's just He says it how it is, and there's no sugarcoating. Um, mm-hmm. He's just speaking out truth 
and he's passionate and he loves Jesus and I just see his right leg shaking and he's got the full he's full of the Holy Spirit, he's full of the Holy Ghost. I just love him and I just connected straight away and um And he says he doesn't like public speaking. Yeah, well if you saw him speak publicly you'd probably think different. But I'm sure inside there's a, a battle of a a young young boy in there somewhere, you know. <laughs> but he's um he's an awesome public speaker and so many people um respect him and you know, love him. Yeah. Yeah. And what are you doing these days? So, um about I don't know, three months ago I left Remar. God had called me out to move. I am getting married in two weeks to um Wow, congratulations. Thank you so much you know um thanks so much and really it really i i'm in a surreal position again because i i actually can't believe how good god has been mm. um, he's faithful beyond anything i can understand so now i'm working alongside jeff marsh in elijah care and i understand that you took a break from the work day you and his son dan yeah and listened to his story that's right on this program <laughs> we, did, we did we did and it come up great we just want to say how heard it in the car we heard it in the car yeah and um yeah, it was just moved by um, the beautiful story. I, I mean, I've heard it a few times, but it was different. Mm. It was different this time. Yeah, he was very vulnerable. Yeah, and, and uh, what a guy! Yeah. He's a great just guy. love him to death. I mean, he's so real and has such a heart for wanting to help broken people because he's been through that, mm. and that's why I think he connects with people like you and Danny and Brooke Sharp, etc. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, he's he's a man that is getting continually attacked you know, mm. because he's not afraid mm. to go out there and speak and convict you know he loves the bride he's he calls it the precious bride talking about the church yeah um and he he goes out there and he just says i can i feel this at the moment i'm just going to say this and he says it and things happen so you're being used by the lord now technically your title is what um i'm just i'm a servant yeah um, really? Well, I mean your job description. <laughs> um, so, I guess basically, uh, you could call me now as, um, I guess, pastor in a way. And you're helping out. Yeah. So my my role is to teach the word. Um, my role is to sit beside and walk with broken people, to take the division of cultures away and bring a unity in the cultures in the in the chin in the chin community with the australians see that, that, that we work with refugees mm-hmm. um, and these guys have a serious depression in their past you know and they come into a country where um australia is so free mm-hmm. everyone's just like hey man it's cool take it easy relax chill out you know and they they just don't they don't understand that so mm-hmm. uh, my god-given job is to i can feel the lord pressing on me is to take away that divide mm. and bring together such a beautiful unity you know and uh only the gospel can do that when they see that mm. australians understand the gospel um because they know the gospel mm. real well um when they understand that australians know the gospel and it's not about us or our identity or who we are what we have done and and it solely goes on to who he, jesus is and what he's done now that they understand that we know that, mm. oh man, there's been such a shift, mm. you know, and they love us. Mm. Now, we began this conversation talking about the emptiness inside mm. that you had. Yeah. Now you've gone through so many experiences, put your faith in Jesus Christ, teaching others the word of God, about to get married. Mm. It sounds like you finally found fulfillment. <sighs> yeah, I have. Yeah, I have. Um, 
I found wholeness, you know. Um, I wake up every morning and I know why I'm alive. Um, when I sing, I sing to one. Um, when I lead, I lead everyone to one. My eyes are on him. My heart is his. Um, I've gone from literally from being captive to being captivated in, mm. in Christ and what he's done. And, and I just, I glory in that every day, you know. I like that line. I'm going to steal that from you. <laughs> You've gone from being captive to being captivated. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph Byro, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you, brother. Bless you. Joseph Byro has been our guest today. He's the ex-lead singer of the Melbourne hard rock band Super Heist. And exciting things are on his way. He's now working at Elijah Care, the ministry that was founded by our recent guest, Jeff Marsh. And for more information, you can go to their website, ElijahCare.org. That's ElijahCare.org. You've been listening to Real Faith. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a message through our website, realfaith.org.au. That's realfaith.org.au. Thanks for listening, and we invite you to join us again next time for more conversations about God working in the lives of people who put their faith and trust in Him. That's real people, real life, and real faith. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.